Liturgy, we'll be getting into the Torah portion, the Hav Torah portion, and the Brit Hadashah portion. For those of you who are unfamiliar with these terms, the Torah portion is a selection out of the first five books of the Bible. That's the Torah. Then there's the Hav Torah portion, which comes from the prophets or the writings. Then we have the Brit Hadashah portion, which is a select portion to read every week from the section that most people would call the New Testament. Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Welcome to another edition of God Honest Truth live stream. And we just like to say Shalom and welcome. Do you know what sin is? We all know, especially if we've been to church any number of times, that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But what is sin? Do you know what it is? If you can, go ahead and define it down in the comments, but just ask yourself, do you know what sin is? Well, that's going to be the topic of tonight's drosh or teaching, so make sure to stay tuned for that. But if you're just joining us for the first time, we'd like to say shalom and welcome. We are God Honest Truth, and we are a Messianic ministry based out of Western North Carolina. And if you would like to know more about us, please go to www.godhonesttruth.com. And there you can find out more information about the ministry. You can find resources to help you in your faith and in your walk. You can find audio Bibles, resources to help you in learning Hebrew, all kinds of stuff. So make sure to go check it out. You can also find out ways to contact us either through social media profiles or the best way to contact us is directly through email at team at godhonesttruth.com. Now, before we get to tonight's drosh, we're going to be doing our liturgy. We're going to be doing the Torah portion, Hav Torah portion, and Brit Chadashah portion, like always, before we get to tonight's teaching or drosh on sin. So, with all that being out of the way, let's go ahead and dive right into our liturgy. Blessed be his name, whose glorious kingdom is for eternity. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And have these words which I command you this day be upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children, and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and let them be frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and upon your gates. So in the way of announcements this week, we would like to take the time to apologize real quick for not getting the tour portions out like we normally have been doing. 
for whatever reason, there's really no excuse, but we just did not get them out this week. Uh, we will do our very best to be back on track and get those out next week. So make sure that you are paying attention to one of our video channels, whether that be YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, or BitChute. Or if you're subscribed on one of the audio podcasts, and that should come straight through to whatever podcasting app you listen to. So just be on the lookout for that starting next week, and hopefully we'll be back on track like we're supposed to. Now, like always, here is the upcoming episode list for about the next two months or so. Tonight is, of course, going to be all about sin. What is sin? How do we define sin? All that good stuff. So definitely make sure to stay tuned for that tonight. And then next week, we're going to be getting into some traditions. Now, we'll go ahead and warn you that some people, including you watching this right now, probably hold very dear to some traditions. And we may be stepping on some toes there, but we do feel it's important to examine the traditions that we hold and see whether they line up with Scripture or whether they don't. So make sure to tune in next week and every week on Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for each of these various episodes. And of course, here's your upcoming Fest Feast list or Moedim list for the next upcoming year, all the way through Hanukkah of next year. And our next feast day, or Moedim, is going to be Purim. And that's going to be coming up at sunset on March 6th and runs through sunset of March 7th. And like always, we're going to be doing a drosh about two weeks beforehand. So if you want some more information on what Purim is, the history behind it, how to celebrate it, all that good stuff, make sure to tune in for that drosh, which should happen approximately two weeks before the start of Purim. And like always, if you have any prayer requests or announcements that you would like to have announced live on air, make sure to have those in to us by Thursday evening at the latest, because we do go live on Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So, with announcements out of the way, let's go ahead and get back to our liturgy. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us the way of salvation in Messiah Yeshua. He walked among us, filled with your Spirit. The only one who ever perfectly fulfilled your Torah. He healed the sick and raised the dead. The multitudes of our people sought his touch. He taught as no man taught. With authority he brought forth the treasures of the Torah. How the children sought him, the lepers he touched and made clean. How the despised and outcast found love and release from their sin. How the hypocrites feared him, whose words uncovered their sin. Despised and rejected, acquainted with grief, he bore the sins of Israel. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, turned every one to his own way. Our iniquities were laid upon the king, the sins of the world his burden to bear. He rose from the dead and opened the way to life everlasting. Praise His name. We are in Him. His Spirit empowers. New life is ours with joy and peace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us Messiah our King. For the sake of our Master Yeshua, in His merit and virtues, may the sayings of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be favorable before you, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer. Amen. Avinu Shabbat Shabbayim Yikadesh Shemcha Tavo Mahutecha Yasa Retzonecha Baaret Kaasher Naasa Vashemayim. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done, as on earth, so as in heaven. Ten lanu hayom, lechem hukenu. Usalach lanu, et ashmatenu ka asher. Solechim anachnu, la asher ashmulanu. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Be'al tevienu lidei masa, ki im hatsilenu min hara.
ki lacha, hamam lacha, vahagavura, vahatiparet, leolame, olamim. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. None can compare to you, O Lord, and nothing compares to your creation. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your mercy endures throughout all generations. The Lord is king. The Lord was king. The Lord shall be king throughout all time. May the Lord grant his people mercy. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt him together. And it came to pass, whenever the ark went forth, Moses would say, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. May those who hate you flee from before you. For from Zion shall go forth the Torah, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Blessed be he who in holiness gave the Torah to his people Israel. And tonight's Torah portion is going to be Exodus chapter 26, verse 31, through chapter 27, verse 19. And we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation if you'd like to read along with us at home. Exodus chapter 26, verse 31. And you shall make a veil of blue and purple and scarlet material and fine woven linen, the work of a skilled workman made with cherubim. And you shall put it on the four columns of acacia wood overlaid with gold, their hooks of gold upon four sockets of silver. And you shall hang the veil from the hooks and shall bring the ark of the witness there behind the veil. And the veil shall make a separation for you between the set-apart and the most set-apart place. And you shall put the lid of atonement upon the ark of the witness in the most set-apart place. And you shall set the table outside the veil, and the lampstand opposite the table on the side of the dwelling place toward the south, and put the table on the north side. And you shall make a covering for the door of the tent of blue and purple and scarlet material and fine woven linen made by a weaver. And you shall make for the covering five columns of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold, their hooks of gold, and you shall cast five sockets of bronze for them. And you shall make a slaughter place of acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits wide. This, this I'm sorry, the slaughter place is square, and its height three cubits. And you shall make its horns on its four corners, its horns are of the same, and you shall overlay it with bronze. And you shall make its pots to receive its ashes, and its shovels, and its basins, and its forks, and its fire holders. Make all its utensils of bronze, and you shall make a grating for it, a bronze network, and shall make on the network four bronze rings at its four corners, and shall put it under the rim of the slaughter place beneath, so that the network is halfway up the slaughter place. And you shall make poles for the slaughter place, poles of acacia wood, and shall overlay them with bronze. And the poles shall be put in the rings, and the poles shall be on the two sides of the slaughter place for lifting it. Make it hollow with the boards, as it was shown to you on the mountain, so they are to make it. And you shall make the courtyard of the dwelling place for the south side screens for the courtyard made of fine woven linen, 100 cubits long for one side and its twenty columns, and their twenty sockets of bronze, the hooks of the columns, and their bands of silver, and so for the north side in length, screens one hundred cubits long, with its twenty columns, and their twenty sockets of bronze, and the hooks of the columns, and their bands of silver, and the width of the courtyard on the west side, screens of fifty cubits, with their ten columns, and their ten sockets, and the width of the courtyard on the east side, fifty cubits. And the screens on one side of the gate, fifteen cubits with their three columns and their three sockets. 
And on the other side, screens of 15 cubits with their three columns and their three sockets. And for the gate of the courtyard, a covering 20 cubits long of blue and purple and scarlet material, and fine woven linen made by a weaver, four columns and four sockets. All the columns around the courtyard have bands of silver, their hooks silver and their sockets bronze. The length of the courtyard is 100 cubits and the width 50 by 50, and the height five cubits woven of fine linen thread and its sockets of bronze. All the utensils of the dwelling place for all its services, all its pegs, and all the pegs of the courtyard are bronze. Barukata Yahweh, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Natan Lanu Torah Temet, Vechaye Olam Betukenu, Barukata Yahweh, Noten Ha Torah. Amen. This is the Torah which Moses placed before the children of Israel. It is in accord with the Lord's command by the hand of Moses. It is a tree of life to those who take hold of it, and those who support it are praiseworthy. Its ways are ways of pleasantness, and all its paths are peace. Bring us back, Lord, to you, and we shall come. Renew our days as of old. Etzhaim hi, lama hazim kimba, vetomehe ha meushar, derahe ha darhe noam, Veholnativoteha shalom. Hashivenu Adonai. Elehavena shuvam. Hadesh. Hadeshamenu. Hadeshamenu. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has chosen faithful prophets to speak words of truth. Amen. All right, and tonight's Haftor portion is going to be Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 10 through 19. And once again, we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 10. And I dressed you in embroidered work and gave you sandals of leather, and I wrapped you in fine linen and covered you with silk. And I adorned you with ornaments, and I put bracelets on your wrist and a chain on your neck. And I put a ring on your nose and earrings in your ears and a crown of adorning on your head. Thus you were adorned with gold and silver, and your dress was of fine linen and silk and embroidered cloth. You ate fine flour and honey and oil, and you were exceedingly beautiful and became fit for royalty. And your name went out among the nations because of your loveliness, for it was perfect. By my slender which I had put on you, declares the Master Yahweh. But you trusted in your own loveliness and whored because of your name, and poured out your whorings on every one passing by who would have it. And you took some of your garments and made multicolored high places for yourself and whored on them which should not have come about, nor shall it be. And you took your splendid adornments of my gold and my silver that I gave you, and made for yourself images of a male and hoard with them. And you took your embroidered garments and covered them, and you set my oil and my incense before them. And my food which I gave you, fine flour and oil and honey which I fed you, you set it before them as sweet incense, and so it was, declares the Master Yahweh." Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, 
who has given us the living word in Messiah Yeshua. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. All right, and tonight's Brit Hadashah portion is going to be Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 16. And one last time, we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Now the summary of what we are saying is, We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the greatness in the heavens, and who serves in the set-apart place and of the true tent, which Yahweh set up, and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and slaughters, so it was also necessary for this one to have somewhat to offer. For if indeed he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the Torah, who serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly, as Moshe was warned when he was about to make the tent. For he said, See that you make all according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent service, inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was constituted on better promises. Barukata Yahweh, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Natan Lanu HaDavar HaEmet, Vechaye Olam Betukenu, Barukata Yahweh, Noten HaBret HaDashah. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who gave to us the word of truth and planted life everlasting in our midst. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. Alright, so in just a moment we'll be getting to tonight's drosh all about sin, but like always we're going to take just a short break in case anyone needs something to drink or, you know, take a head call. And while we do that, we're going to check on our live streams as well. And if you don't know at this point, we are multi-streaming to YouTube, Twitch, and Odyssey. So if one of those doesn't work for you, or if one's having trouble, or if you don't like one of them, you can always go catch us on one of the other streams that we have going. Again, that's YouTube, Twitch, or Odyssey. Now, of course, the best way to watch us is through our website, GodHonestTruth.com. You can go on there, click on the live stream link, and you have the live stream right there, right there for you. You can also click on the post for tonight's drosh. You go there right now, www.GodHonestTruth.com. Click on the link for sin, tonight's drosh. You'll be able to see not only the live stream video, but also the slides that we'll be using for tonight's drosh as well. You can go through each slide on your own. If you happen to take notes, you can stop at a particular point to take your notes with or what have you. It's all right there for your convenience at www.GodHonestTruth.com. Now, before we get started on tonight's drosh about sin, go down below and tell us what is it that you think that sin is. We're going to be getting into some various explanations of what sin is and what sin isn't. But before we get started, just let us know what your opinion is on what defines sin. While you're down there, also be sure to hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and ring the bell. That way you're notified every time that we go live or when we upload an on-demand video. And also hit that share button and share it around with your friends, family, colleagues, or who have you. Because chances are right now, if you're watching this, you probably know someone else who would enjoy this type of content also. So go ahead and hit that share button and share us around. And of course, as we all know, the best advertising is word of mouth advertising. Has been for centuries. And every time you tell someone about God Honest Truth Ministry, we are very blessed and we are very, very, very appreciative. So, like I said, tonight's drosh is going to be all about sin. What is sin? What defines sin? Etc. Etc. 
So definitely make sure to stay tuned for all that. And if, again, if you happen to miss something, go check out the website and you'll be able to catch the on-demand version of this live stream. We'll start out with a quote from Dwight L. Moody. He says that the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. Now, of course, obviously this isn't scripture, but it's a true quote nonetheless. If you read and study the Bible, the scriptures, you'll learn what sin is and how to stay away from sin and do what is right. However, if you're someone focused on sin and your own fleshly desires, that in turn will keep you away from scripture generally because you want to keep sinning. You want to keep enjoying whatever sin it is that you're currently involved in. And those of you who might be in sin right now watching this, when you read and study the Bible, it kind of starts convicting you of various things. And you don't like that conviction. You don't like that uncomfortableness. So reading, studying, and following the Bible will keep you from sin. But living in sin tends to keep you away from the Bible. Now, first of all, when we talk about sin, we first got to define what is sin. And you've already put your comments down below. If you're watching this after the fact, make sure to go down below and check out all the responses that everyone's put on there. Excuse me. <clears throat> but what is sin? We've got various definitions and beliefs about the definition of sin. Some say that sin for one person is not necessarily sin for another person. Okay? Would that be an accurate definition of sin? Others say that sin is defined by whatever particular church or denomination that they currently attend. And true, some denominations and churches make up their own rules sometimes. But does the church, whichever church it may be, get to define what sin is? Others say that sin is anything that harms someone else. But everything else that doesn't harm is okay. It's all right. So is sin, oh, sorry, sin simply defined as something that harms someone else? Well, let's find out. If you look in the dictionary under Mer or by Merriam-Webster, under sin, they've got an offense against religious or moral law or a transgression of the law of God. Okay? That's pretty good, especially those of you out there who already know what the definition of sin is. That's pretty good from a secular source. Billy Graham stated that a sin is any thought or action that falls short of God's will. God is perfect, and anything we do that falls short of his perfection is sin. Okay, that sounds good, right? BibleStudyTools.com states that sin is a riddle, a mystery, a reality that eludes definition and comprehension. So, according to BibleStudyTools.com, you can't really understand sin. You can't really comprehend it. You don't really know what it is. It's a mystery. Well, I hate to tell BibleStudyTools.com because apparently BibleStudyTools.com did not read their Bible. But the Bible actually defines for us, in no uncertain language, what sin is. Let's look at that real quick. 1 John Chapter 3, verse 4. Everyone doing sin also does lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Going against the Torah, breaking the Torah. Sin is Torahlessness. That's the definition from the word of Yahweh itself. Right there, in black and white, as they say. Even though it's not black text, but... You get the point. Sin is the breaking of the Torah of Yahweh. So now we've got our definition. Let's go on and look at some other stuff. But before that, let's look at this quote by John G. Lake. Men tell us in these days that sin is what you think it is. Well, it is not. Sin is what God thinks it is. You may think according to your own conscience. God thinks according to his. Again, not scripture, but oh so true. BibleStudyTools.com may define sin as a mystery that we can't comprehend, but Scripture says 
otherwise. We can comprehend it. We know what sin is. It's breaking of Yahweh's Torah. So regardless of what any church or denomination says, regardless of what any preacher, pastor, or website says, we go by Scripture. And Scripture states that sin is the breaking of Yahweh's Torah. Now, for those of you like me who like to get in-depth on this stuff, hang on. Here we go. All right, the word for sin used in the Hebrew text is the word chata, okay? That means to sin, miss, miss the weight, miss the mark, as a lot of people put it, which is a good way of putting it, actually, because it gives the impression or like the illustration in your mind of an archer or maybe a shooter or someone like that who is aiming for a target and trying to hit that target. But missing that target, missing that goal is sin, right? I mean, not literally if your arrow goes somewhere else, but in our moral and daily lives trying to do the right thing, our target is doing the right thing, doing what Yahweh tells us to do, doing what scripture tells us to do. That's our target. And if we miss that target, if we break Yahweh's Torah, that is sin. And the Hebrew word here is Strong's H2398, Chata. Now, as we said, the target of our lives and what we should be doing is doing things right, which is the way that Yahweh wants us to do it as laid out in his Torah, in the Tanakh. And Torah actually comes, well, actually, Torah means literally law, direction, or instruction. Yahweh is instructing us how to go about life on this planet, in this reality, right? He is our Heavenly Father, and just like any father that you know of, they instruct their children on how to go about life. They train them up. They give them instructions. Well, that's what Yahweh did for us. He put it down in his Tanakh. He put it down in his Torah. He told us what would be good for us, what to do, what not to do, what to eat, what not to eat. And that is our goal. That is our target. And when we don't do that, we miss the mark. And that's called sin. Now, like always, we're Definitely going to be getting into some scripture on this. So hang on to your bootstraps. Now, we're talking about commands and instructions, right? The Torah. What was the very first command given to mankind? Just think about that for a second and see if you actually know what it was. All right, time's up. Do you know what it was? If not, or just for your reference... Let's look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And Elohim blessed them, and Elohim said to them, Be fruitful and increase, and fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over all creeping creatures on earth. So, the very first command to humans, to mankind, was to have babies, right? Be fruitful and increase. Fill the earth with people to serve Yahweh, to worship Him, to praise Him. Just be fruitful and increase. Now, also in that, it said, go over and have rule over the earth also, and over everything on it. But the first commandment was to be fruitful and increase. Have lots of babies, fill the earth. Right? Now, that was the first command. And tonight's drosh is all about sin. So what was the first sin that we can find mankind committing in Scripture? This should be rather easy. Well, the first sin that we see in Scripture comes from Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. And she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Now, if you remember from when you were reading the Bible, 
Previous to this, Yahweh told them that they could eat from any tree in the Garden of Eden except for the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, right? But Eve went and ate the fruit and then gave it to her husband, Adam, and he ate also. And that was the first sin that mankind ever committed on earth. Now, the sin that came before that was actually committed by an angel, spirit being, and we know of him as Ha-Satan, right? The adversary, or Satan, if you're going with the anglicized rendering, right? But he had pride and he rebelled in heaven and was cast out. We all know that story. But the first sin committed by humans was the eating of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, if you'll also remember from your Bible readings that when Eve ate of the fruit, we don't see anything happening at that point. Now, we aren't told exactly how much time transpired between Eve eating the fruit and Adam eating the fruit. But what we can tell is that once Eve ate the fruit, nothing really changed. However, it was when Adam ate the fruit that it says that the eyes of both of them were open and they were naked and afraid. That's when they realized they were naked and they became afraid. It was after Adam ate of the fruit. And this brings in a whole another subject that could be a drosh in and of itself on patriarchy and headship and strengths of men and women and all that good stuff. And we covered a little bit in our head coverings teaching, but it really could do with a drosh and teaching all on its own, which hopefully we'll be getting to pretty shortly. But aside from that, we see that it was when Adam ate that they realized they were naked and became afraid. This is referenced also in the Brit Hadashah or New Testament, in Romans 5:12 through 15 it says for this reason even as though one man i'm sorry even as through one man sin did enter into the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned excuse me for until the torah sin was in the world but sin is not reckoned when there is no torah but death reigned from adam until moshe even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the favorable gift is not like the trespass, for if by one man's trespass many died, much more the favor of Elohim and the gift in favor of the one man, Yeshua Messiah, overflowed to many. Now notice here how it references back to what we were just talking about in the Garden of Eden. It says as through, even as through one man sin did enter into the world. And if by the one man's trespass many died. Okay? We can see clearly from Scripture that Eve was the first one to break that commandment. Right? But sin entered the world through Adam. Okay? Again, gets into this whole patriarchy concept, which could be a drosh on its own, which hopefully it will be pretty soon. But I thought it was very interesting, and hopefully, if you hadn't caught on to that before, now you kind of notice that. But Francis Chan says this. He says, Lukewarm people don't really want to be saved from their sin. They only want to be saved from the penalty of their sin. And it's sad to say, but a lot of Christians nowadays, especially mainstream Christians and maybe stepping on some toes, but a lot of megachurch Christians have this kind of attitude. They'll say things like, you know, don't judge me. Or you can't judge me, only God can judge me. Or we shouldn't judge one another. Again, judgment and judging one another is a drosh on, on its own. But really what they're saying when they say something like that, like don't judge me or you can't judge me, translation is, let me sin in peace, right? And that's the attitude of a lot of mainstream Christians nowadays. They think that it's all about grace. They can do whatever they want. They've got Jesus, and now they can do anything at all. And 
that's just the way they live their lives. They think they can do anything that they want to do, regardless of what Scripture says, because they have Jesus. Well, they need to read some more of their Scriptures, read some more of their Bible, right? These people just want to be saved from the penalty of their sins, not be saved from their sins. So what are the consequences of sin in this whole subject that we're talking about right here? On Romans 6.23, it states, For the wages of sin is death, but the favorable gift of Elohim is everlasting life in Messiah Yeshua, our Master. Okay, we probably already know this by this point. But because we sin and because we are sinners and we've committed sin in the past, we will die. In secularism, they call it the human condition, right? That everyone's going to die and we can't do nothing about it. Regardless of our science, regardless of our technological advances, we're all going to die. But death is not the only consequence from sin. Isaiah 59.2 But your crookednesses have separated you from your Elohim, and your sins have hidden his face from you from hearing. So not only do we die because we have sinned, but our sins separate us from Yahweh. It hides his face from us, and he doesn't even hear us when we're in our sins. So that's another consequence of sin and committing sin. And remember, Scripture defines sin as the breaking of Yahweh's Torah. Now, check this out. Proverbs 28, verse 9. He who turns away his ear from hearing the Torah, even his prayer is an abomination. So if sin is breaking of the Torah, then we're not even going to know that we're in sin if we don't hear the Torah. And if we reject the hearing of the Torah, it says right here in Scripture, that if we reject the hearing of the Torah, our prayers are an abomination. It's not me saying it. This is Scripture. Look it up in your own translation if you don't like this one. But it's all going to say the same thing. You might say, he, he who turns away his ear from hearing the law, but it's all got the same meaning. How are you going to know what Torah says, how to live your life the best way for you and for the world if you don't listen to the Torah, to Yahweh's instructions? You'll be in sin and likely not even know it. So, what about the purpose and the reasoning for Torah? If we're supposed to listen to it, we're supposed to study it, learn it, do it, what's the whole purpose and reasoning behind it? Well, number one, this is our Heavenly Father's instructions to us, His children, on how to live life and live it abundantly and, you know, blessedly. But, Scripture states it like this. Deuteronomy eleven twenty six through 28 See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse, the blessing when you obey the commands of Yahweh your Elohim, which I command you today, and the curse if you do not obey the commands of Yahweh your Elohim. But turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after the mighty ones which you have not known. So the reason for the Torah, as stated by Scripture, is to put before you a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you hear and obey the commands or the Torah of Yahweh, and a curse if you reject them and do things your own way. And those of you in the Messianic movement are probably like me. You can understand and realize for yourself that once you started getting your head right and following Torah, following the entirety of Scripture, there were many, many more blessings that came into our lives. And following that's not following the actual Bible, the Torah of Yahweh, opens up those doors for more blessings to occur. But you probably already realized as well 
that when we don't do what Yahweh tells us to do in his Torah, in his scriptures, that it opens the door for curses and bad things happen, right? And that's what scripture tells us is the purpose of Torah. 1 John 5, 2-3 By this we know that we love the children of Elohim, when we love Elohim and guard his commands. For this is the love for Elohim, that we guard his commands, and his commands are not heavy. So how do we know that we love the children of God, the children of Yahweh? When we love Yahweh and guard his commands. So how do we know that we love Yahweh? When we guard his commands. When we do his instructions and do what it is that he told us to do. That's scripture. That's not me saying it. That's scripture. That we know we love Yahweh when we guard his commands. And we know we love the Yahweh's children, us, when we love Yahweh and keep his commands. So keeping the commands of Yahweh is very, very important not just from the sin aspect, that is a huge aspect, you know, but there are other aspects to keeping the Torah as well. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 through 14. For this command, which I am commanding you today, is not too hard for you, nor is it far off. It is not in the heavens to say, who shall ascend into the heavens for us and bring it to us and cause us to hear it so that we do it. Nor is it beyond the sea to say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it to us and cause us to hear it so that we do it? For the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, to do it. Speaking from experience, I've heard many preachers in the past when I went to various churches, Baptist, Methodist, what have you, right? They will say that the Torah is done away with. Jesus done away with the Torah on the cross, etc., etc., because we could not keep the Torah. It was just too much for us. It was too hard. Okay, is it really? I mean, that's the words of a preacher. What does Scripture tell us? Scripture tells us right here and other places that the Torah is not far off. It's not too heavy. It's not too burdensome. It's not too hard. That we can do it. And once you get your heart right, to start doing the Torah of Yahweh, you realize the Bible's true. It's not too hard. It's not too hard to take a Sabbath rest every seventh day. To just lay around in your pajamas and read scripture or watch an instructional video on whatever, you know, Bible topic came up in your YouTube feed or what have you. Or, you know, watch a movie, read a book, spend time with family, play games with the kids. That's not hard. You start to realize that the Bible is true and the preachers that said those things did not know what they were talking about because they were not living and obeying the word of Yahweh. But the question that always comes to mind, too, when you're a Messianic and you start talking to people about Torah and following Torah, they say, oh, you're going back under legalism. You think that we have to be under the law and have to do the law in order to have salvation? No, not if you're going to read the entire Bible and follow the entire Bible, not just the New Testament, but the entire Bible. Because Romans 3 says this, for, for we reckon that a man is declared right by belief without works of Torah. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the Torah. Okay? Again, salvation is not through works of Torah or by keeping the Torah. It's by grace through faith. And that's what you begin to understand once you get the entirety of Scripture, not just the New Testament, when you understand all of it together as one. But, contrary to what some preachers say, the Torah is not done away with. Just because salvation doesn't come through works of the Torah, 
doesn't mean that we do away with it. In fact, Paul here says that God forbid we do away with the law. He says, rather, we establish the Torah because of our faith. Because the Torah is good for us. Okay, it just makes sense. Yahweh's instructions, our Heavenly Father's instructions, are going to be good for us because Yahweh loves us and wants us to succeed and prosper and be healthy and have blessings. So he gave us the instructions for living life here on earth. So even though salvation does not come through the Torah or the works of the Torah, rather salvation comes through grace by faith in Yeshua, does that mean that we should not do any works? Well, the Apostle Jacob, or James, has this to say in James 2.26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so also the belief is dead without the works. How do we know that you have actual true belief? It's by your works. Yeshua said that you shall know them by their fruit. What fruit are they producing? Fruit is what you can see. As a human being, you can't see into their heart, but you can see the fruit, their actions, what they are doing. People say a lot of things. It doesn't mean that they, well, I'm afraid that wrong. What they say is not always what they mean, right? They can tell you one thing and be absolutely lying to you. But their fruits, their actions are always going to tell you what they're all about. And so, I mean, the uh, scriptures tell you the same thing, that belief is dead without works. If you're not seeing those works, you're not seeing that fruit, then their belief is dead. As someone so eloquently put it one time, that Torah is not the root of our salvation, Rather, Torah is the fruit of our salvation. Meaning the works of Torah and doing Yahweh's instructions. Now, some of you may have already started putting this together. You're soaking all this information in, you're reading the scriptures here, and you're starting to understand that Bible defines sin, and the Bible defines sin as breaking of the Torah. So, that leads us to understand that we are not sinners until that very first time that we break the Torah. That's what sin is, right? And that's what makes you a sinner. So, since all that's true, then what about when we're born? Are we sinners at birth? Because some will actually point to this verse in Psalms. Psalms 51, verse 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And some people will point to this to say that we are born sinners. We're born with Adam's original sin. But this verse says nothing about that. If you look at this verse again... And in sin did my mother conceive me. Here, the psalmist is talking about his mother was in sin when she conceived the psalmist. It was his mother that was in sin, not him. And we've got an entire drosh on original sin, if we want to go back and look at that in our on-demand videos. But let it be stated that we are not born sinners. We are not conceived as sinners. Sin is not a gene in our DNA. Sin is breaking of the Torah. That is the word of Yahweh right there, quoted. Sin is breaking of the Torah. And we don't break the Torah by being conceived. We don't break the Torah by being born or gestating in our mother's womb. So there's absolutely no way we can be born as sinners. It's just impossible if you're going by the Bible. It's only when we break 
the commands of Yahweh for the very first time that makes us sinners because that is sin. Breaking of the Torah. So let's kind of put this all into the big picture of sin and living our lives and human beings and all that. So Romans 3, chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 23 states, For all have sinned and fallen short of the esteem of Elohim. So even though we're not born sinners, we're still raised in a sinful world and influenced to commit sin. And as such, we have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the esteem of Elohim. And because of this, Romans 6.23 states, For the wages of sin is death, but the favorable gift of Elohim is everlasting life in Messiah Yeshua our Master. So because we sinned, because we are sinners, we are going to die. But we have salvation, or at least the opportunity for salvation, through Messiah Yeshua, our master, at which point we'll have everlasting life. And then Romans 8.13 goes on to state, For if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. And Scripture goes on to define the deeds of the Spirit as that which we are instructed to do by Scripture, by Yahweh. And the deeds of the flesh here, or living according to the flesh, is the sin that it's referencing. Our fleshly desires and what we want to do, not what Yahweh wants us to do. And if we die in our sins, if we are unrepentant of the sins we have committed, if we are not saved, that's not going to turn out good for us. We don't get to get into the kingdom of heaven because of that. And scripture states as such. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the reign of Elohim? Do not be deceived. Neither those who whore, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor greedy of gain, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers shall inherit the reign of of Elohim. All these sins that people are continuing in, if they die in those sins and they're unrepentant, if they don't have salvation, they will not enter into heaven. And that's just the God honest truth. That's what Scripture tells us right here. That we are separated from Yahweh because of our sins. And we'll be eternally separated if we die in our sins. But there is hope. We can have forgiveness for our sins. Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Master Yeshua and believe in your heart that Elohim has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You don't need some special church recital card thing that someone hands you on the street to be saved. Scripture tells us right here what salvation is and how to be saved in order to get eternal life and have your sins forgiven. That if you confess with your mouth the Master Yeshua and believe in your heart that Elohim has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That is salvation, ladies and gentlemen. That is how you obtain salvation. That is all you need to have your sins forgiven. And after you're saved, start living for Yahweh according to his commands, according to the way he's instructed us. No longer continue in sin. No longer continue breaking the Torah of Yahweh. Finally finished up with this, Dwight L. Moody stated, Christians should live in the world, but not be filled with it. A ship lives in the water, but if the water gets into the ship, she goes to the bottom. So Christians may live in the world, but if the world gets into them, they sink. And that's so true. That if sin from the world gets into you, even if you're a Christian, it's going to bring you down. I'm sure that pretty much every single person out there watching this right now 
has experienced this in their lives. We've backslidden a little bit. We've gotten down, depressed, or think, oh, that's okay, and let that little bit of sin in. And it gets inside us, grows, we start doing more of what we shouldn't, and it brings us down. And it's not good. So, in summary, to finish up tonight's service and drush, sin is breaking of the Torah. That's what Scripture tells us. It's not the definition of a denomination, a church, a preacher, or anything like that. This is the definition straight from Scripture. Sin separates us from Yahweh. We read that Scripture too. And we also read from Scripture that Yahweh's Torah is not too hard. It's not too difficult in order to keep. It's our, his Torah, His commands, His instructions are directly from a loving, heavenly Father. He's not going to give us something that we can't do. He knows our limits. And He gave us His instructions so that we may have blessings and not curses. And if we want those blessings, all we got to do is follow His instructions, follow His Torah. But if we were to break any of those commandments in Yahweh's Torah, that is what Scripture defines as sin. And that's just the God-honest truth. We'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. If you haven't already, go down below in the comments and let us know what it is that you thought about tonight's service, whether it be the content, the quality of the video, the sound, etc., etc., or just to say hi and shalom. We always love that as well. In just a moment, we'll be getting to the Aaronic benediction. So if you have anyone there with you that you would like to have gathered around while we do that, go ahead and start gathering them near you. And also, while you're doing that, make sure to hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, as well as ring the bell. And also hit the share button and share this around with other people that you know who may like this type of content and help support our ministry. Because like we said, we really, really appreciate it every time we receive word of mouth advertising from our viewers like you. In addition, we really do appreciate everyone out there who is praying for us and also everyone out there who has made a financial contribution as well. All of these things help support us. And we really, really, really do appreciate every single bit of it. So let's go ahead and get into tonight's Aaronic Benediction. Yivarekaka Yahweh, Vayishmarecha, Yair Yahweh Panavelecha. Vihunecha Yisaha Yahweh Panavilecha Vyasim Leha May Yahweh bless you and guard you. May Yahweh make his face shed light upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahweh lift up his face unto you and give you peace. Thank you once again for joining us tonight for another edition of God Honest Truth. We do hope that you have a wonderful and restful Shabbat. We hope this next upcoming week is filled with good food, good friends, good fortunes, good health, good spirits. And until we see you again next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we'd like to wish you a Shavuot Tov and a Shabbat Shalom. Make sure that you take care of yourself and also take care of each other. Shabbat Shalom.
Upon you, 